This edition of My Thoughts Monday is brought to you by Valve Performance, the team behind the Nordboard, Forstex, the Groin Bar, and Human Track. Guys, the most important ability for all of our athletes is availability, and that's the absolute goal of Valve Performance, is to provide solutions to performance professionals so that we can get the right information to make the right decision at the right time for the betterment of the athletes that we get to work with. To do this, guys, they have a wide range of validated products that focus on usability, and having been founded by the School of Exercise and Nutrition Sciences at the Queensland University of Technology, they're extremely evidence-based and they're beyond transparent. I can tell you that our time using the Nordboard and being involved with Forstex, we have been introduced to so many amazing people that have truly helped us become better coaches, have a better understanding, not just of the technology, but also what we're doing with our athletes. So make sure you hop over to ValPerformance.com today to make sure you check out what they got. It's going to make you better and to do better by your athletes. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some awesome practitioners who are always trying to evolve and continue to grow professionally throughout their career. The problem with many of us, though, is finding a new outlet, a new way and a new perspective on the questions that we may have whether it be programming, whether it be situational with dealing with coaches, or whether it be career advice. Because all too often what happens is we get stuck in with the same group of friends and the same group of colleagues that we reach out to for advice repeatedly over and over again. But what we should really be looking for is different perspectives, different people who have been through different situations who can help us make better decisions both for ourselves and our athletes. And one awesome place to start with that is the forums in the Strength Coach Network. In the forums in the Strength Coach Network, You'll be able to reach out and get feedback, input, and advice from coaches from all over the world, from everything, from career advice to training modalities to programming. There's people there just for the same reason as you are, to try to get better, to learn, to share information, and to grow the field of strength and conditioning. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, to dive into all that great content today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. Today, guys, I kind of wanted to take a step in a little bit of a different direction and talk about, you know, some, some things that we did this past summer uh, that I think we had some pretty good success with and how it's kind of opened my eyes and changed a little bit of my thought process the training process um, that we're using with the athletes that we get to work with and this isn't just the student athletes at the university this is athletes ranging from like 13 14 years old um, and up including uh, some of the pro guys that i get to work with when it comes to their physical preparation and, and that really came from you know sitting here and listening to Kier kind of bang into my head the idea of reverse engineering reverse engineer the sport reverse engineer the sport um, and he probably said that when he was here once a week easy once a week and it's something that you sit there and you hear people talk about and you're kind of like yeah 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 I get it I get it I get it but I don't necessarily think I did um, and then having that conversation with Cam Joss and rereading parts of Fergus's book uh, Game Changer you know, there's obviously some parts of the game that we don't reverse engineer as strength coaches, right? You know, the technical, tactical aspect, we need to be better at understanding and breaking down and, 
the psychological aspect, you know, but I, I think that's another talk for another day. But what we do typically do pretty well with, right, is understanding, you know, that whole idea of a needs analysis. Now, I think that we need to be better at it. I think we need to utilize tools that we can have at our disposal better when it comes to it. But when we sit there and we look at it, and we start to break the sport down, we can then start to look through the eyes of dynamic correspondence, right? We can start to look at and find what exercises, you know, have the same muscular contractions at the same speed, at the same force outputs, you know, in the same ranges of motion, so on and so forth. You know, the things that we know Dr. Vukashansky spoke about when it came to the theory of dynamic correspondence. But there's one thing that we also are pretty sure of, and that is that in untrained athletes or training athletes of a very low training age, that you're going to have quite a bit of success when it comes to improving performance outcomes, or outputs, if you may, with general training. And that's really one of the big rocks that we stand on, is that that general helps with so many things to the point where at times we try to put general exercises in specific situations to try to talk about how those general exercises have an impact on the specific because of X, Y, or Z. So when we start to break things down and we start to look at what's important in the sport, how we've started to look at it is those exercises that we deem to have the highest level of carryover or the highest impact in performance are the end goal, right? That is our, our SPP. That is our you know, specific preparatory exercises, if you may. And I think that most of us do that. I think that a lot of us have that these exercises are, are what's important and what help them perform better at the sport. Doing things in this manner, you know, help help them perform at a higher level. And then we back it out. But my question then is this. Why does that backing out have to be one off-season? Why does that have to be one year? Why can't those steps back be longer so many of us now talk about slow-cooking athletes, right? Giving them what they need, not what they can handle. The minimal effective dose, which again has gotten more I don't know, negative press, if you may, through the Twitter sphere. I'm sorry, but it works. And it's a great way to find success when it comes to improving your athlete's ability to perform in their sporting exercises. Um but whatever to that. So we take a step back and we start working our way towards these exercises that increase dynamic correspondence, that are higher on the scale, if you may. Why are we then in such a hurry to run to these exercises if we know or are pretty sure of a couple things again? One, we know the general helps to a point, right? We know that for a certain amount of time, if an athlete just gets stronger, and they just work on general big exercises that they're going to get better. So what's the rush to get away from it? 
What's the rush to do that for four to six to eight weeks and then all of a sudden start trying to work our way to more specific stuff? For the most part, people listening to this are going to have three to five years to work with their athletes, right? So that's basically what we did, is we took the programming that we're looking at, and we're like, all right, so we know that we've got three or so years to work with these young people. Where do we want to get them to to make sure that their third year, they're performing exercises that are the at the, if we may, pinnacle, <clears throat> I don't know if that's real or not, but the pinnacle of dynamic correspondence. So we reverse engineer the sport to come up with these exercises, to come up with where we need them to be, and to come up with these methods, or to at least put them in together. Well, from there, we reverse engineer the program, because the general needs to lead to the specific, Right? And that leads me to the example of what we just did this past two weeks with one of the pro guys I get to work with, a swimmer, who was in town for a couple weeks. And he's like, so what are we going to do? And I'm like, well, what are you going to do when you get back to your club team or the college that you used to train at? And he said X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay. Well, then let's make sure that you're ready to do that. If the exercises at the end of the, the program have the highest level of dynamic correspondence, then it's a great time to use accessory exercises that help to build them for them to be stronger and safer when utilizing these exercises in the general as they're developing as an athlete. So how we broke it down with some of our kids this summer, right? Deadlifting is one of the exercises that we would think would have a high carryover to what we do with swimmers. Deadlifting and then doing clean pulls from a hang and a push press, right? Great. So we start them out with a trap bar from an elevated position to make sure that they can actually get in a position and pick something up. We work our way down to the floor, right, and do those things. Depth jumps have been shown right through papers. Shown is probably the wrong word, I know, but there have been papers that have said that depth jumps increase speed with athletes in the water. Berkashansky said you have to have a general base of strength in order to produce the force needed in the depth jump. So we build up them and teach them how to squat. And we start with a goblet. And we work to a front squat. And then we work to a back squat. And some of them are heels elevated until they can get range of motion. And then we use exercises to help work on that ankle and the hip mobility to make sure that they can get down there. You know, like, if you think that you know, unilateral squatting is better than bilateral squatting and you won't do the latter and you only do the prior. Do you have to go straight to a rear foot elevated split squat? If that's your big buck exercise, or would you maybe be better off progressing your athletes to it? Is putting a safety bar and having them do it kind of like a modified Hatfield the best way to go? Or are we in too much of a hurry to get to the exercises that we think are best and wasting the resources that we could have used with a lower intensity exercise to build for that athlete in order for that athlete to start to gain the strength so they can use that exercise as a higher level. 
again, it just goes back to Yosef's idea of chemo for a cold, right? If we can find a less intense exercise that is going to prep them for the more intense exercise, and we can slow cook the less intense exercise and get them stronger and better prepared and more resilient for what we're trying to get them to do to, that we know has a better carryover, why are we in the hurry? Still to this day, people talk about do no harm. But we're in a real big rush to make sure they can catch a queen. Or they're doing depth jumps. Or they can do a split jerk. Or they're doing velocity-based training. All of which are great things. Are all of those necessary for a 16-year-old swimmer? Or an 18-year-old field hockey player? Do they have required mobility and stability to perform said exercises. How are you evaluating that if you're saying they can? So I guess that what we're trying to do is we're trying to reverse engineer all the exercises we're doing to make sure that at the very least the young people we get to work with can tick the boxes that are going to help carry over to ensure that they're safer and getting more out of the exercises that we deem have more carryover. So they can make a smoother transition going forward and that they can see consistent results. Because again, we talk about that pyramid, right? And you can build a bigger pyramid if you start with a bigger general. And if that truly is the case, maybe we need to take a step back and build the foundation even more so before we start going into all these big exercises that these young people just may not quite be ready for. So I'd love to hear how you guys are breaking down your training. would love to hear how you guys are evaluating your athletes. would love to hear how you're progressing the means forward, backward, whatever it may be. Because again, I think that that's something that's going to help a lot of people and going to help drive us all forward as we continue to move forward as as a profession. And as always, guys, truly appreciate everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. I will see you then.